Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. Let me ask you a question. The kids are out so we can be honest. You don't have to act like you got it all together. Um, Have you ever done anything as an adult that was childish? Yeah, all the wives are looking like, you know, at the husbands, you know. Uh, but yeah, if you're honest, you admit we all have done things that are childish. And I, I've tried to write my brain. There's so many, I couldn't really narrow down the list. And this particular one, I've told you guys about, some of you before, some of you to be brand new. But I, I, it's just really one of the most childish things that I've done as like a quasi-adult. I was in high school, and, and so depending on your idea or definition of adult, you know, that might be a little bit if, but I was old enough to know better. Basically, the story is this. Um, there was this girl that we rode the school bus together, and she was this uh, really cool girl, and we started talking, becoming friends, and then like, we started sitting beside each other on the school bus. She was a really, really good athlete. And um, all of a sudden, I was on this bus with a bunch of uh, redneck guys, basically is what it was. And they started making fun of me. As soon as she would get off the bus, I had longer to ride. So they started making fun of me, saying, you know, oh, she's, uh, you know, she's more manly than you are because she's really good at sports and all this kind of stuff. And so they're just making fun of me, just like, I mean, just, I mean, just hammering on me. And so finally, we decide to start going together. That was the phrase that we used at that time, and the only place we went anywhere together was on the bus for about 45 minutes every day in the morning and the evening, uh, but that was our going together, and so we were an official couple, so we started this one day, and once they got wind of that, man, as soon as she got off the bus, man, it was like a pack of hyenas on a wounded gazelle. I mean, they jumped on me and, and just saying all this kind of stuff, just hammering me relentlessly, and then the next morning rolls around, and you know, she gets on the bus, they've been teasing me beforehand when she gets on I don't know why they didn't want to tease her I guess they were scared of her maybe I don't know but and they weren't scared of me but anyway so we get to school and I'm just like sweating bullets you know we officially started going together the day before and so second period our little break time rolls around you get an extra what 10-15 minutes in the hallway and she comes up to me and so I said the following phrase to her She's like, what's wrong? She could tell. You know, I didn't have a good poker face. And she's like, what's wrong? She said, I said, um, I think we're growing apart. <laughs> it had been less than 24 hours. I said, I think we're growing apart. And I broke up with her in the hallway. I thought she was going to beat me up. I really did. I was kind of scared. Uh, but that was so childish. I mean, it was so ridiculously bad. But I'm saying this because all of us have done really childish things in our life. And I want to look at an account from the Gospel of Mark. We're still continuing in the Gospel of Mark for the Messiah series. Mark chapter 10 is where we are if you want to turn in your paper Bible on your, on your app, on your phone. But we also have scripture on the screen. Mark chapter 10, a brief passage of scripture that says and a whole lot. Verse 13 says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, these little kids. 
Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. It's such a short, brief little thing, but it's such a powerful reminder of the fact that Jesus loved to bless everybody, but especially children. And he loved the honesty and the realness of kids. You know, kids will tell you some stuff. Has your kid ever embarrassed you out in public by saying something that was obvious, but everybody's trying to deny, but they'll just walk up to an adult? You know, and they'll say something really rude, but it's just honest. They're not trying to be rude. It's just like, you got a big head. You know, it hits home because I got a big head. I've had it happen. You know, but, you know, they'll say it. They just call it out. But Jesus loved that honesty because they weren't fake. And we as adults, we tend to struggle with being fake. And so there's two angles today that I want to take on this passage of Scripture to sort of learn something a little bit deeper. There's two angles on this passage I want to look. There's two questions from those angles that I want to answer about ourselves. And I believe the first question will be clarified when we ask the second one for sure. So the question I want to start off with is this. Are you a wall or a gate when it comes to the kingdom of God? Are you a wall or a gate? I wasn't truly answering when you said what, but I, I just did. Are you a wall or a gate when it comes to the kingdom of God? You, you see where we get that from this passage? It says that they were hindering the little kids. They were saying, stop bringing these little kids to Jesus. And he got what? Indignant, to use the word here in the translation I read. He got indignant. He said, why are you stopping them? Let them come to me. And so I ask you this question. Are you a wall that keeps people away from Jesus? Or are you a gate that opens up and welcomes people to Jesus when it comes to the kingdom of God? That's a question that most of us would want to say, yeah, absolutely. I am a gate 100%. But are you really, though? Are you really? You know, are you really? And we have to ask, Jesus was deeply upset when the disciples, these were his 12 closest guys that really were supposed to be the guys who were pointing everybody to him. He sent them out in groups of two to tell and spread the gospel. But then when children come to him, they put a stop to it. And so Jesus was deeply upset. And the same Greek word that's used in verse 41 of this same chapter Describes the way the other ten disciples felt when James and John come up to Jesus a little bit later and say, you know, can we have the top two seats in your kingdom when you really throw these, you know, kick these Roman butts and you become the king that we know you're supposed to? They said, can we be your right and your left hand guy? And all the other disciples were, same Greek word, indignant. They were I would say they're probably furious, you know. They're like, why do you guys, James and John, you sons of thunder, why do you get to have the top two seats? Why can't it be me, Peter would, I'm sure Peter would say, right? Peter would absolutely say it. And so this is the feeling, this is the emotion that Jesus felt when the disciples stopped the children from coming. He was very upset. It is not, he was perplexed. Because a lot of times we picture Jesus as being, well, all right, we're going to be really gentle and... Jesus yelled, when Jesus yelled, he'd say, all right, stop. That's the way we view him sometimes. But he was furious. He flipped over tables, right, at times when he was upset about other things. It says he was indignant because they were stopping the children from coming to him. And so the question remains, do you respond like the disciples did in this type of scenario, or do you welcome new people into the kingdom of God? 
You see where we're talking about? Are you a wall? Are you a gate? Let's rephrase it like this. Are you a hinderer? Are you a helper? Do you hinder people from getting closer to God? Or are you a helper in getting people closer to God? Do you make it easier for people to get closer to Jesus? Or do you make it more difficult? And of course, as we already said, you know, of course, our gut reaction is, oh yeah, I'm a helper. I am so much a helper. I am the kindergarten kid that wanted to break the graham crackers on the line. You know, I'm that kind of helper, right? You might remember that? Y'all didn't go to kindergarten. Or y'all just didn't get to break the crackers on the line like I did. Line leader, boom. <laughs> Jealous much? Yep. But they are not the kind of people. It, here's what we have to understand. Are you helping people get closer to Jesus or do you make it more difficult? You say, of course I'm a helper. Of course I'm a helper. But are you really though? Anybody ever seen that meme? That's like the perfect, you know, that's the face. You say, I'm a helper. It's like, mm, are you really? Are you really? And if you've never seen that movie, you need to see it. It's a good, good movie. Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. But anyway, and some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. But it, it, it makes the point. Are you really a helper or are you a hinderer? And I'm going to kind of meddle. This is kind of an old phrase, but every now and then we, we talk about it. You know, I, sometimes I might stop preaching and get to meddling. Um, but I'm just doing what God's called me to do. Are you really a person who people look at and they know you're a follower of Jesus? Or are people surprised that you are a follower of Jesus? That doesn't mean you got to be like shutting down the bars and, you know, breaking bottles over people's heads, but you can just be a nice person and people still don't know you're a follower of Jesus. Some of the nicest people I've ever met never darken the door of a church. And some of the meanest people I've met are always at church. I mean, I, not really at our church. I haven't seen that too much, but I'm watching you. No, I'm just kidding. Because we all struggle, we all suffer, but I'm saying, but there's some really good people who attend church, and I hope you're one of them, but that's the question. Are you a helper or are you a hinderer? Are you somebody who helps move people closer to God and helps them really get to know Jesus? Are your invitations, maybe, maybe you say, well, yeah, I help people, I invite people to church, but are your invitations limited to save people? Save people who are just like you who look just like you, who talk just like you, who think just like you, who act just like you, who dress just like you? Are they limited to those kind of people? Or are, they, is your, are your invitations to anybody and everybody that you get an opportunity to invite to get to know Jesus? These are questions we've got to answer. You know, we've got Jesus, we've got the disciples in this story, but I want to take a second and look at the kids. Because what Jesus said was, unless you receive the kingdom like a child, you will never enter the kingdom. He said, don't hinder them. The kingdom belongs to people like them. So the question is, when it comes to the kingdom, here's the second question. The, you know, we've already asked multiple questions, but here's the second big question. Are you childish or are you childlike? Are you childish or are you childlike? Now, there's a big difference. A lot of us would say, oh, you know, I, I want to be childlike, but really we're just childish. There are churches, there are buildings full of people who claim to be followers of Christ, but all they do is sit there and say, I want things done the way I want it, and if things step out of line from the way I want it, I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. And just so you know, their ball is probably their offering. You know, that's probably what it is. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to the next big church down the street. They've got rocket cannons. They shoot out T-shirts. I'm going there because I don't like what you're doing or not doing. You know, I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, this is, happens at every church. And a lot of us say, oh, well, I've got childlike faith, but really you're childish. 
you break up with somebody less than 24 hours later and say, I think we're growing apart, childish, right? You're like me sometimes. And we struggle with being childish rather than childlike. And churches that can often be full of childish, selfish believers that only want to be served and not to serve others. And I, might, I remember Jesus saying something about that, right? You know, he did not come to be served, but to serve. And are you like a little child when it comes to the kingdom of God? Here's some questions that you can ask yourself to really get that answer. The first one is this. Are you looking for friends? Are you looking for friends? Um, are you like a child when it comes to relationships, being open to other relationships? I, I'll be honest, in, in 2022, especially what we've experienced the past couple of years, this is harder than ever for a lot of us to open up and look for opportunities to be friends. Some of us are really outgoing and some are not. And that's okay. Everybody's personalities are different and we need different personality types. I'm not downing any type of personality. I'm not downing shy people versus outgoing. I'm not downing, you know, extroverts versus introverts, you know, and some, I mean, introverts can be some of the most outgoing people in the world. They just need time to get away from y'all's crazy tale. That's, you know, they just need to recharge for a second. But are you somebody who's open to relationships? Since 2020 began in March, you know, the, the pandemic began, we've become so much more reserved and pulled away from people but let's be honest that started easily 20 to 30 years ago really strongly you know for those of you old enough to remember that it just, just life began to change um you know a lot of now everybody pretty much has a garage and a lot of people if you're not like us and you can actually get stuff in your garage besides the junk that's in the garage you can pull your car in and you never have to see your neighbors and that's what a lot of people do. They pull their car in, they shut the garage door, they never get outside of their car out in public, and they don't have to say hi to anybody. It's just become easy. It's changed. Things have changed over time. Technology, the, the use of technology, which is supposed to bring us together, actually does what? It separates us and keeps us quiet and alone to ourselves. And instead of interacting with other people, we just stare at screens all day. And, you know, we communicate, but we never truly communicate. It's become a worldwide problem. I'd say that's probably a bigger pandemic than the one we've just been going through and are hopefully coming out of. But it's become even more serious since this pandemic when for the first part of it we were told, go away, run from strangers. Don't talk to anybody. I mean, that's sort of the message that was, you know, passed down through our brains, right? You know, don't talk to anybody because they might have something that will kill you. So that's going to kind of put your guard up a little bit, isn't it? You know? And so we hold everybody off, you know, at not just arm's length, but six feet, right? And I'm not, I'm not dogging the protocols. That's not what I'm saying. But you understand the, the side effects of those protocols? You see what happened to us? And some of us are having a hard time coming back to building relationships and welcoming people in. Are you like a child in that you're looking for opportunities? Um, our, our, our boy, uh, Andrew, he's our youngest uh, of a billion and a half children. Um, he is five years old, and he is a social butterfly. All of our kids have, have been that way at one time or another, and, but he is like, I think he's kind of next level. We go anywhere, and he's automatically, he's making a beeline to kids to talk to them. He will actually go up to parents and ask their parents if their kids can play with him. I mean, he's just like, he knows no fear. He goes up, and I love it. I absolutely love it he doesn't care what people think about him he hasn't reached that self-awareness thing yet and I mean he, anytime we go to the pool he'll go and if, whether he plays with a kid whether he's met him for, uh, for the first time or not or you know before or not he'll play with him for you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes or two hours and when we leave guess what he's saying 
that's my friend. That's my friend. And he, I mean, he'll ask about them, can we go see my friend again? He might not even know their name, but he's like, can we go see my friend? And I'm saying, I need to be more like that. I need to be like that. We all need to be like that to an extent. We need to learn to be open to relationships. And I love, I love the fact when you look at small children, they have not been tainted by our messed up world. And they will accept you no matter what. They don't care about anything, about your appearance. They don't care about your skin color. They don't care about your political persuasion. They don't care about your sin struggles. They just want to know, are you kind and are you willing to be my friend? Am I right? But we judge everybody based on outward things that we think we know. And we don't even approach them or let them approach us oftentimes because they're too different from what we believe is right, which is a.k.a. us. You know, and we keep people at a distance. And so we've got to learn to be more like children. And so ask yourself, do you have that childlike mentality? Are you friendly? Now, some of you, if you're not outgoing, you're just hearing, oh, I can't do that. I can't be that. But there's a difference between being shy and being unfriendly. We're not called to be unfriendly. And people who are outgoing can be unfriendly. Are you a friendly person? Are you willing to reach out and just say, hi, just smile at somebody to break the ice? You never know what will happen. You don't have to force yourself on people. You don't have to walk around handing out tracts. Okay, life lesson, this is free. I won't charge you for this. If you ever go to a restaurant and you are tempted, tempted to leave one of those fake $20 bill Bible tracts instead of a tip, no, don't. Don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Wow, y'all are tough. Some, some of y'all done that. Y'all feel guilty. You're like, I didn't tip, but I left the $20. Do you know Jesus? $20 fake. <laughs> don't do that. Are you willing to be friendly and kind to people? Are you willing to just smile and open up the door and see what happens? But then also, are you approachable? What does your face show? What does your body mannerism show to other people? Are you approachable? Even if you're not outgoing, this applies to you too. Are you somebody who just tells people with signals to back off and don't approach me? I mean, are you walking around with your can of mace, you know, like this, finger ready on the trigger? You know, that, that's a big sign, you know, you're not approachable. But, you know, are you something less than that? Do you never smile? You know, tell yourself to smile every now and then. Don't walk around looking like you were nursed on lemons as a baby. You know, don't do that. You know, smile. Everybody practice with me. One, two, three. Good job. Good job. I'm a natural smiler. I'm, you know, smiling's my favorite. I'm like Buddy the Elf. And I, I love it. But if you need to work on it, work on it. Practice. And look in the mirror at home. Practice it. Because you might smile and you think, man, I'm being approachable. And you're like, because you just haven't been smiling much lately. Practice. Look in the mirror and see what happens. But I'm serious. Do it. You think I'm joking. Do it. Practice it. Are you approachable? And here's what we need to do. We have to learn to view every single human being as someone who's created by God and loved by Jesus so much that he died on the cross for them. And that will change, hopefully, how approachable we are and how much we are willing to approach other people. And simply do this. Ask God to remove your pride. Ask God to remove your pride because, you know, that self-awareness that kids will sometimes develop, you know, and I'm hoping that, that uh, Andrew doesn't do to an extent. You know, I hope he has self-awareness. Don't get me wrong. But I hope he doesn't develop that self-awareness that we think is so good, which is really just pride of how we're going to be perceived by people. 
We're worried what they're going to say about us. And that keeps us from reaching out. So ask God to remove your pride and remove that defense mechanism that keeps us from reaching out. Hebrews 13 verse 1 says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So be kind to people everywhere you go, even strangers. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Look for opportunities to talk to people about Jesus and how much he's changed your life, and be kind and gracious to other people. Here's the second question you have to ask, all right? Everybody with me? Do you constantly talk to God? All right, if you have ever been around a child or if you ever once were a child, does that include all of us? Yeah. Uh, if you ever have been around a child, they do what? They constantly... I'm going to introduce you guys to some kids later on. I don't know if y'all met them. I have to keep them out here for the whole service. Kids constantly talk. Maybe you're far removed from young kids. But Andrew there again, five years old, he is walking around narrating his life. Whether anybody is paying attention to him or not. Yes, so now I'm walking up to the bathroom door and I'm turning the handle. I mean, he, he does. I mean, he's just like every little thing he does. You know, I'm going to the fridge. I mean, not all the time, but we catch him a lot. And then if, you're, if he catches you listening, heat-seeking missile, he is like going to tell you all about whatever it is that's in his brain or what he saw. And the reason I say that is we need to be more childlike like that with our Father in heaven. We need to develop the attitude of continually talking to God about anything and everything. We have believed the lie. That God doesn't care about the minute details. That he only cares when our house is burning down, so to speak. And God wants to hear everything. Because we get frustrated with kids when they talk a lot. But God never gets tired of hearing us. I, I believe God is begging. And you think about this, especially if you've gone through this station of life. Where you used to get really frustrated with kids when they're talking all the time. But then you find yourself... 20 years later or even 13 years later sitting in a house and your kids won't talk to you or they're not there at all you miss it you miss it and God I think sometimes it's like I want to hear from you I, I want you to talk to me tell me everything that's on your heart open up and tell it don't be ashamed don't be afraid listen he commands us you hear this he commands us to pray about really important things no Everything. Look at Philippians verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Uh-oh. He said, don't worry about anything. I, I'm going to say it again because only a few people are stepping in this. That, you know. All right, here we go. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Continually talk to God. And here's why I believe this is so important. Because this constant communication with God softens our hearts. It softens our hearts and makes us open, I believe, to the leading of the Spirit. I, I really do. You know, it's not just for Him. It's for us to continually talk to God. It helps us to slow down and look around as we tell God about everything we see, we feel, we think, we experience. We need to continually have a running conversation with God. Well, the third question is this, to be more childlike. Do you want to know everything? You know where I'm going with this, right? If you've been around kids, and like I said, some of you have not, so we'll introduce you later. You'll take home three or four. Just spend about eight hours with them. 
Um, I was in a coffee shop yesterday, and uh, they said, unatten- they had a sign up that said, unattended children will be given espresso and a puppy. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, but do you want to know everything? Kids are always asking questions, aren't they? They're always asking questions. Why? 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 And it makes you want to pull your hair out. Let's just be honest. It it makes you want to pull your hair out. And they're always asking questions. Why? They want an explanation for every single thing they see, every single thing you say. And I want to ask you this. Are you searching for God's truth every single day? Like a child is. Are you searching for truth? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, beginning there, says this. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life, but also for the life to come. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. What he's saying is, is to make sure, don't get caught up in worldly ideas that don't mean anything and they're just irrelevant, silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. And we find godliness in the truth of God's word. Do you want to know the truth about everything that God has to say, about everything that is on his heart? Do you want it to be piped into your heart? Then continually search the scripture every single day. Acts 17 verse 11 gives us some great examples in that in that idea it says here it says now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica they received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so the Bereans were it says in other translations they were of more noble character because they were searching God's word every day in Proverbs 8 verse 17 says this I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently Find me. So when you seek the truth of God's word, you will find God's word. He has revealed this message to us, and he wants you to dig in. But sadly, a lot of us as believers just have a Bible that looks just like that, shut, closed, and maybe enough dust to choke a donkey, (laughs) you know? Some of you are listening, all right? But we don't pick up God's word, and we don't see what it has to say, but we need to be searching for God's truth. When you desire to know more about him, you will find him. You will find him. If you stumble along aimlessly and you want answers when trouble comes, you will be frustrated. If you just wait until things are falling apart, you will be frustrated because you will feel like you get no answers. But if you're continually searching for answers, you will be filled. Here's the last question. Do you have big childlike faith? All right. I know it's a little warm. We can either hear the screaming of the air conditioner fan or we can be a little bit warm. We're almost done. Hang in there. Hang in there. But do you have big childlike faith? Kids can they can dream about anything, can't they? You know, you just get you just get them alone and they'll come up with these great imaginative stories, you know, they'll play act something they saw on YouTube or on TV or a story you told them and you know, they'll do that until what? Until somebody looks at them and says, that's stupid. You know? And hopefully it's not coming from us as parents, but somebody at some point will say, that's stupid. You're being dumb. You know, it might just be another little kid who's already had their ice cream stepped in. You know what I mean? In life. But they'll say, that's just, you're stupid. You're just a big baby. You're playing. And then we start to see them change. 
and they lose that innocence and they don't have that imagination and that faith. And, and sadly, I believe a lot of churches are full of believers that don't live up to their name. We don't do a lot of believing sometimes. And we're supposed to be believers, but we don't do a lot of believing. And here's what I want us to understand is that I think sometimes when we're challenged to greater faith, when we kind of get pushed by God or pushed by fellow brothers and sisters or, or pushed by a situation to have really great faith, we might push back and we'd say something like, but you don't know the size of my problem. You don't know the size of my problem. I can't have faith. And I'm guilty of this too. But I got to ask you this, is your problem too big or your God too small? Is your problem too big or is your God too small? I'm letting that marinate on me a little bit. Because it's easy to say you don't know the size of my problem and all we're doing is looking at our problem and we're not looking to our great big God who is all powerful and almighty and it's time to start looking to him. You see, kids are willing to do almost anything if you're there to catch them. You know, think about the pool. Take a kid to a pool, and they get on the edge, and they want to jump, and they just want to see you there. They want to see your hands up ready, and they will jump. And you can start backing up, backing up, and they'll keep jumping. Mostly, you know, every, every kid's different, but a lot of times a kid will just continue to jump. As long as you're there, they won't pay attention. They will just keep jumping, and you keep moving farther and farther out in the deep. And as long as you're there, they'll jump. And I believe God is calling some of us to jump, and maybe we're scared. And we're clinging to the side of the pool of our life, and we are unwilling to jump. And so it's time to renew our focus on our great God, to put our focus on Him. And I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want faith that clings to the side of the pool. I want faith that jumps. That's who I want to be, and that's I want to be a part of a church that's like that. I don't want to be a part of a bunch of people that are just clinging to the side but we easily get caught up in that rut, right? We get caught up in that trap where we don't want to jump and we want to, don't want to take the next step. It's like, well, I come to church every now and then. That's, that's all I can give you, God. But he said, I want more. I want more. And you're like, nope. Clinging to the side. And he's like, all right, I want you to start giving. All right, here's the nickel. And he's like, no, I want more. I want you to trust me. Is the money God or am I? And he's saying, I want you to step up and I want you to serve. But I've got a lot on my plate. I got, can I pause real quick and tell you all this real quick? Some of you, God is saying, jump to me when it comes to serving. This morning, one of our volunteers, awesome guy, Sam, he does our lights pretty much every week. Uh, he was not here. He's out of town today. And so uh, Scotty, who's one of our awesome volunteers who does so many different things, he had an extra responsibility. And I don't think it's right for him to hog all the responsibility. I don't know about y'all. But some of us need to say, look, you need to stop being a pig with that responsibility, Scotty. You need to share with me. Y'all see what I did there? It's reverse psychology. He is working hard, and he wants to share. We need some people to say, Sam didn't know anything. Scotty didn't know anything about these lights when they started doing it. All they do, you follow the process, you put them up, and we can see. And it's an amazing thing. And so there are a lot of areas where people are doing multiple things, serving. It's time for all of us to take a leap and jump out because God is saying, I want you to trust me with your time, with your energy. I'll always give you enough if you put me first. 
And we might need to jump. Maybe that's what we need to jump in. We don't want to be a part of a church that's full of people that are clinging to the side of the pool and won't jump. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love that verse. Because our God is able to do all the more than we ask or imagine. More than we can dream, our God is able. But will he do it if we're standing there like this on the side of the pool? He won't. We don't have the opportunity. We won't let him. Because we're unwilling to jump. We're unwilling to jump out there. And I believe that the scripture shows us, and especially in that verse, that he is a God that is worth jumping for. He is worth jumping for, one that's able to do more than we ask or imagine. And so it's time to renew our faith in God and trust Him in our choices, in our priorities, in our relationships, in our giving, in our evangelizing, in our priorities, in everything to trust Him. Do you know the difference between a kid or a believer that won't jump versus one that will? You see, when the kid on the side of the pool takes their eyes off of you and the parent, the one waiting to catch them, and starts looking at the distance instead of the parent, that's the one that won't jump. Because all they can do is see the great distance that they're being called to jump, but as long as they keep their eyes fixed on you, they'll never think about the distance. And they'll... And the same thing with a believer, like me. When I'm standing there and God's calling me to jump... And I'm looking at Jesus, but instead I take my eyes off of him and I start looking at the distance and like, I don't know, God, I don't know. And I'll never pick my eyes back up and look at him and I won't jump. And you might be the same way. God is calling you to jump. And here's the beautiful thing. For what might be a big jump for me might be like unbelievable to you or vice versa. What God's calling you to do, I can't even fathom, but God is calling you to take a jump. It, you know, your jump might look like a mile to somebody else, and it might just be one foot to you, but it's still scary to you. It doesn't matter. Keep jumping until he stops backing up. Keep jumping. Just keep jumping to the Father. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is calling our church to do more than just survive. I, I really do. I really believe that God is calling us to greater and greater things. I, I love this church, and I continually get to hear cool stories from people who say about how they much they love Movement Church and how they love how people love well here, and you know they don't just talk a big game, but they live it out, and, and it's one of the most caring churches that they've ever seen. I mean, all sorts of different things like that, and I want more people to experience that. I don't know about y'all. I don't want it to just be the few that we can get here. I want to be able to, let's blow that wall out. It'll open up really easy. You don't even have to have a hatchet. I mean, you can just slide it open. It, it's real simple. And we can have more people in here because more people need to know the goodness of God and how much he's willing and calling them to jump. Are you ready to jump? I believe he's calling us to move. And we need to be bold and courageous and willing to jump when he calls us. I believe God has got a property prepared for us, you know. Uh, we've been through some processes in the past, and, you know, we've asked God to make it. I, and this isn't a slam on anybody. This is for me. I've said, God, make it idiot-proof. Help me to know beyond shadow of a doubt. Are you opening this door? Are you closing this door? Because I don't want to mess it up. But, I, you know, and he's shut some doors. But I believe he's got some doors that are getting ready to open. And the question is, are we ready to jump? 
Are we ready to jump? You can't wait until the opportunity is there. You've got to be ready to jump when the door opens, when, when he's ready and his hands are there and saying, will you jump? Are we given generously to trust that God will provide? Are we inviting others to join us here each week? Are we continually, even if we think they're getting sick of it, are we sharing on Facebook? Come to church with me. Share it in person. Come to church with me. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Are we digging deeper in the Word of God and inviting others, our brothers and sisters, to do the same? Are we ready to jump? Are we ready to jump? Are we watching the distance? Are we looking at God? It's time to jump. A preacher I really enjoy, I heard years ago, say something that's always stuck in my head. He said, we need to have BHAGs, B-H-A-G's, BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> that's the kind of goals we need to have for the kingdom of God. And I want to see all that God will do with people who are willing to jump. We need to stop having you know, these, these dreams that don't have, need rough knees from being down praying. We need to have big dreams that God can only show up and fulfill. We need to trust Him and we need to be willing to jump. So it's time to stop being childish and be more childlike. Are you ready to jump today? We'd love to hear how God's calling you to jump. Come talk with us later after the service. Fill out a connect card. But it's time for the church to jump. Where is God calling you? Don't cling to the pool. Let's jump. Let's stand. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.